Hello and welcome to a uh, nearby Barclays Center edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. Marcus Thompson, you know, the Warriors won a road game, so I just decided we had to do something. Uh, no, they beat Brooklyn tonight. Uh, the story of it will be Clay Thompson not playing down the stretch for Guy Santos, which obviously kind of said a lot. But um, they won partly because Guy Santos was pretty good down the stretch. Pajemski was good. Steph made big shots. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway? Yeah, I was I was thinking that like, yo, is, is Clay done tonight? Is this really happening? It's to me that's been like the strangest thing of this whole experiment, right? We've seen Chris Paul sitting on a bench in favor of rookie Brandon Pajemski. You know, it's not like all right, Kaminga or Moody or somebody we thought would eventually challenge him. Uh, you got Guy Santos closing the game over Clay Thompson. I mean, that is just like mark that in the uh, in the pages of I never thought I'd see it. But it was also fairly justified. Uh, I don't know if yeah. I'd have went with Guy, but he did well, play well. Like he did, he was yeah. I, I, like I got why he did it. I don't know if I would have pulled the trigger on it, but I, yeah. I get why he did it. But the bigger issue is Clay. Like you asked, now we got to figure out how Clay is going to handle this. Does this help him get to the place he needs to be mentally so he can, you know, play better? Like we'll see. Now we got to watch how the, how Clay responds to this. Yeah. So it was Santos because they put him in in the second quarter. Brooklyn had a switching scheme going. And uh, they liked the way he was just, like, cutting, slashing, doing his energy stuff. Apparently that was just, like, kind of breaking down Brooklyn a little bit. He had the sequence middle of the fourth where he had two straight offensive rebounds. It was the same possession that Pajemski gets a third offensive rebound. Claxton throws him down, gets the flagrant. Um, I think when that was happening, the fact that Gee also got a steal that led to a layup was why with five minutes left, it was right around five minutes left, Kerr decided to just close with him. I think it, the plan probably was to go back to Clay. Clay wasn't like horrible tonight. He was four nine shooting. I think he had eight, uh, eight rebounds. He had like two steals. Like he was pretty patient. You could tell his shot wasn't there. He was pretty much only getting layups. Um, so he just like kind of like you know turned the turned the aggressive switch off. Um, but I think part of it is like. Steve Kerr is making it a regular thing not to close with Clay Thompson lately. He didn't close with him in Memphis with Pajemski. He then said before the Atlanta game that, you know, he wouldn't hesitate to, to continue to close with Pajemski because they like what that five-man group, which is Pajemski with the four other starters, has been doing. He didn't close in Atlanta in the first half with Clay, and then Wiggins got hurt. So he did close with them late. And Clay struggled late. He struggled in overtime. You know, the minutes kind of piled up. Steve made a point tonight to say that he thinks all the minutes they've been putting on Clay. Uh, he thinks it's tired him out a little bit, and he, they'd like to rest him in back-to-backs. They just haven't had a chance because they just needed those minutes. Um, but I think, you know, tonight was was the full stamp of, like, not only will I not hesitate to not close with Clay Thompson, it's probably going to be a normal thing when Chris Paul's an option, Gary Payton's an option, Wiggins is an option. You know how many other non gi Santos options there are coming back? That's all they have is non gi Santos options, right? Like, you're full of them. I the interesting part is like what they need Clay for obviously is scoring and like he hasn't been able to deliver that but it's not really just scoring like you said nobody was hitting tonight it wasn't really about his inability 
to like make shots because nobody made shots outside of Steph really. But it was like the other little things. Uh, even though I will say Guy did give up two open looks from uh, Royce uh, O'Neal, who was hot. But you know, whatever. They all give up those looks. But it's interesting. You know, does he? Does do you think this is like a defensive sub, energy sub, vibe sub, or is it just strictly if he's I not making was, shots? I think it was energy tonight. I think it's going to depend on the game. But if he's not making shots, he, you know, talk about, at times he can be kind of an energy suck. He's not trying to be. And Clay even said it, right? Him and Kerr sat down and, and Kerr kind of explained to him. This is what Clay said, like, you know, whatever it was about a month ago. Uh, but that, you know, how sometimes negative energy can kind of weigh down a team. I mean, we see it with Draymond, too, with, like, the arguing energy he has at times. But, uh, you know, I think Clay was, you know, when he's slumping a little bit, and he's obviously slumping right now, uh, he's also not going to be out there, like, you know, diving for loose balls, getting tip steals, you know, firing people up necessarily. Although he kind of did do that in Atlanta. He had a couple of, like, kind of big steals. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, if he's not hitting shots, there are, like, better options that do different stuff, right? I mean, this – and the other thing the other thing about this, you know, Kerr said it's not, hey, look, if the game dictates to stick with a group, he's going to stick with a group. Well, this wasn't what he did the first couple months, right? This was when you're in Sacramento and Moses Moody hits three straight threes, but because of tenure and precedent and patience, he's going back to Clay Thompson that night or all the Kaminga Wigan stuff. In some ways, it's the Trace Jackson Davis Looney question currently, but more and more, he's leaned this way and this is, and, and he's gotten to this point. And what's crazy is Clay actually got benched the first time in Phoenix the night that Draymond hit Nurkic. Um, and it was a story that night, but there's, you know, something else is kind of overshadowing it. So uh, it became the bigger number one story tonight. Did you see his post-game press conference, by the way? No, I didn't. I, I didn't see it. I just saw Steph and Steve Curry. So, yeah, no. Place. Well, so Clay didn't go to the podium, but, uh, you know, I went over to Clay and I was like, hey, you know, can you give me a few minutes? And uh, he was like, he said, yeah, I'm an open book. I'm an open book. Uh, and then, you know, kind of the group of reporters crowds over. It's only like a two-minute, two-and-a-half-minute interview. Uh, and anybody who hasn't seen it, you can go to my Twitter feed and put up the video. I know a lot of people kind of are commenting on it right now. But, uh, you know, he was pretty open about, like, the mental anguish that he's going through with this. And, and you know, I just even said, like, you feel fine? He said, physically, I feel fine. Mentally, I don't remember. He said, that's another story or something like that. And then Draymond walks behind us and Draymond you can hear him go what are they asking you about you know not not playing in the uh, at the end of the game I didn't close game final game five of the finals who gives a blank bleep and then I'd even told Draymond I was like I haven't asked somebody yet but I'm about to and he's like I knew you were gonna or something like that um so I mean you can feel like Kerr and his podium was like this saying it shouldn't be the story tonight you could tell like they're almost trying to pump him up or you know what however you want to uh, put it, but it was just. I would suggest Marcus at some point to 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 go watch Clay's little you know two minute interview tonight. But it was interesting. I mean, I, they're waiting to get on this run, right? They're. I mean, the season really comes down to their ability to run off. You know, eight out of ten. You know, twelve out of fifteen. One of those type of runs, and it, it feels like it's really going to come down to managing. Like the good clay, bad clay, because like I know he's kind of easy to pick on, but like he's still a spacer, and when he's making shots, it it helps like tremendously. Like they're just such a 
they're such a better team when he's making shots. Unlike, you know, if like, you know, nothing against him, but like if Moses, Moses Moody are making shots, it doesn't have the same impact as when Clay is making shots. Even, you know, like if Draymond is making shots, it doesn't have the same impact. When Clay is making shots, there's a certain level of terror that goes with it. So he ha- he has a definite value. They need him on the court. They need him to play well, but they don't always need him. So to me, it feels like their ability to put together a nice 10-game stretch, a 15-game stretch is going to be, number one, Steve Kerr, like, managing. When Clay is, like, off his game, when he's forcing shots and doing all this stuff and and maybe pulling him, like, before it's too late or or getting him in the right headspace, like, that's going to be because this is clearly who Clay is right now. He can be great some games. He can be pretty good some games. He could be a good defender with a shot off some games. and some games, he might just give you nothing. So if they could figure that out and go to one of their plethora of options, but that to me, that's, that's the way you get eight out of 10 is, is you got to figure that part out until they can get somebody in there. Who's just like automatic. I'm getting you 25 no matter what. So I don't know. I think Steve Kerr is showing he can, he can manage it. He's willing to, it's just got to like, the hook has to be interested, figure it out. Like, well, when do you go away from Clay? He's agreed, but he's done the hardest part. To me, like, pulling the Band-Aid off in Phoenix. And weirdly, I mean, this was horrible for their season, but weirdly, the first night of him doing it, also having to do when Draymond hit Nurkis, I do think uh, eased the tension of it because there was so much other tension going on, like Clay's anger that night, which, you know, he was brooding around the bench. He was... He slapped like a, uh, you know, like a cup rack that night. Um, like he was upset. Now he gave a fine post game interview and like accepted it post game. But like you know, he was generally unhappy with the decision that night. But like, you know, we kind of had other things to discuss that night. Um, so that was pulling the bandaid off. And then now, like clearly, like you know, it, it's continued to lean this direction. He's he's shooting career lows in field goal percentage and three point percentage. He hasn't. Made more than half of his shots in like nine straight games. Like he's struggling right now, and and the fact again, I mean, we've talked about it a few times. But like the fact that it was Guy Santos is like a clear sign as ever, not just to the outside world, but to Clay Thompson that this you know, probably will be somewhat of a regular thing. And the truth is, like he did play 30 minutes tonight. He's gonna start. I don't think he's at risk of being pulled from the starting lineup. Um, so he has a major role on this team, but. Their purpose of getting him more in the second unit, from what I've heard, they like his match, him playing with Trace Jackson Davis and the way he kind of passes to him, and they they like that pairing. But you know, at the same time, TJD's getting the DMP tonight, which is I'd say story. Trace doesn't even play. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, which is another story. But um, yeah, I mean, I just you know, again, Clay Thompson is not about to get DMPs. He's just probably not going to close on on a decent amount of nights. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's just going to be a big deal. And the more difficult than like making that decision is where do you go? Cause they, they just simply don't have another shooter. 
there's no shooters coming. I guess Moses Moody is the closest you got to Clay's not making shots. We need somebody who can make shots, but you know, Pod's jumper seems to have left him. JK, you know, his thing is getting downhill now. And you think about GP two and Chris Paul, they haven't really, they haven't been shooting well. So that's the other thing is like figuring out, all right, we don't have Clay shooting. How do we get the other thing that's valuable that, that they need? So, I just thought it was interesting these last couple games. I mean, these are some long stretches with like pods and uh, Lester Quinones and Lester Quinones and Guy Santos. I mean, we're down, like, they're down By the way, to the. Guy Santos like played over Dario Sarge tonight. Dario Sarge was available, yes. played four minutes, and then it was like, no, Guy Santos is playing better. The young guys are like. Quinones didn't have a great game tonight. He didn't shoot it well. Um, he did in Atlanta. I think he finished with 16th. But you have to be impressed with how he looks. You definitely have to be impressed with how Santos looks. Like, this is much more than I ever thought he was going to be able to give them at this moment. Um, so, like, to me, they're kind of, like, winning a little bit more of a role. That's the crazy part, though. Like, you're putting these guys in and it's happening. But I do feel like part of it is the energy and the effort and the hustle and the play hard. Play hard at all times. And when you miss a shot, that means you go play harder on the other end. When you make a mistake, you play harder. The, 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 the interest that to me, that's the part that's interesting that there is some effectiveness. And that is essentially what has been missing for large swaths of the season is that kind of like relentlessness. I know, I know people have talked about Wiggins, you know, he can just look like he's not out there. You know what I'm saying? And like Clay can be like he's not out there. And Steph could kind of lose focus and not lock in like defensively. And, you know, it just feels like the thing that they miss is that level of kind of rigor and grind and, and hustle and scrappiness, which you probably don't get from an older team. But well, it's hunger, right? He's that in the game like- helps, yeah. DeSantos is like, this is the biggest moment of his career. He played 61 NBA minutes before tonight. Like, this is huge for him to like ever have – you know, uh, an NBA career right now, like, right, these small little moments. Like, again, this was the biggest moment of his professional life tonight. So, yeah, he is playing with, like, a high level of hunger. Quinones is a two-way guy still who has thought at times he was almost on the precipice of getting a roster spot and, and probably still is, you know. If the Warriors do something this week, like, for example, if they traded Corey Joseph, uh, you know, into some space to clear a roster spot, like Quinones is a uh, – I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, Quinones is a um, he's a candidate to, to potentially take over that roster spot if that happens. So like yeah, like they should have a level of hunger, and, and I do think that that's that's helping with it, which is what you're saying. One one of the questions coming out of these last this road trip really. I mean they played three games. They should they should be three and zero. They're obviously two and one. But do you think do you think Mike Dunleavy Jr. and uh, you know Kirk Lakeup and the crew? Are at all impacted what they were gonna do by the fact that there, there feels to be some life, and you know I know there aren't wins, but there is a better level of play, even dating back to the only. I, I know it, it's like you know, obviously this the the scuttle ebbs and flows. Sometimes I feel like they're definitely making a move. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like yeah, they're probably not gonna do much. Uh, but watching this, watching yeah, them well, they look like tonight. they might be on a precipice. Yeah, I wonder. What do you do? You think that? How do you think how they're playing 
impacts what they do come Thursday. Yeah, let's, let's end on this uh, topic. But uh, Mike Dunleavy was here tonight. Kent Lake was here tonight. Um, it sounds to me like the front office is going back to the Bay Area after tonight, probably tomorrow, and kind of bunkering down through the deadline. Um, I do think Draymond's return, and you know, Mike had messaged this out, uh, even going back to like basically while the suspension was going on, but he still wanted to see this team with Draymond. And, and, you know, as much as we know it, it was still like when he was away, it was like, yeah, you know, they keep saying they want to see this team with Draymond, but we already kind of have answers. No, you forget how like much he just changes everything. He's their second best player. He completely transforms. Uh, you know what they can what they can at least be defensively. They've been better defensively. It was a good defensive night overall. You would say tonight, um, and the question now becomes, uh, you know, like him at center. Steve Kerr wants to exclusively play him at center now, and basically said today he just kind of thinks like Draymond Green is now a five. Uh, he may he said he might want to test out the TJD Draymond um, front court, but he's hesitant. They've clearly decided him and Looney is just not a modern 2024 pairing. So I could see like a center being like potentially a trade target if they can find one out there. Um, but at the same time, like I kind of think they want to play this. They weren't they weren't there to look at a center tonight? They weren't there to, to recruit a center, scout a center? Well, one a center got ejected tonight. Are you talking about the ejected center? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about the ejected center, yeah. What does Draymond get if he if that was his foul tonight, by the way? Is that a that's uh, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it shouldn't be, but once the uh, yeah, once the social media and stuff talk shows get a hold of it, they might not have a choice. Yeah, he probably um, has to be suspended. Yeah, yeah, you know, that, I mean, the, like, to, to me, the buzz on Claxton is to expect him to stay in Brooklyn past the deadline, and Brooklyn to give him like a pretty big money off-season contract. Like that, at least, is the buzz I've been hearing. Um, but you can get surprised on deadline day. I think Clint Capella and like Okongwu in Atlanta are names that I've also seen on this road trip that Atlanta seems to have almost everybody available uh, at the right price. It does sound like the pricing hasn't been good, but the pricing always gets better as the buzzer gets closer, right, for, for anybody that's buying. So I don't know. There are names out there. I don't expect something crazy, as I've continued to say. But, you know, you could... If the price is right, you could clearly make the argument that like an upgrade would help this team. The one thing you do get the sense is, like I don't overly expect some like really thirsty all-in move because they think there there's a move out there that could lead them into title contention. Like that's where I think some of the I don't know. I mean, what are you? Where where are you at? I should ask. I I, I think they need to make a move. I think they need to make a move to prepare for like next year, right? Next year's run begins now. And that includes making the playoffs, getting Jonathan Kamiga some, some like postseason experience as a main guy, uh, getting Pajemski some experience as a main guy. Like to me, I don't think you, you kind of punt on this season in that sense and then start over from scratch next year. Like this is a viable opportunity because you got some pieces to add talent in the view of your next championship, whether it's next year, whether it's year after that, you need to be building towards that. I feel like it'll matter a lot if they can make the playoffs. And are you talking, by the way, are you talking about like finding like a mid rotation piece, like maybe doing like a protected first getting. Yeah. Something like that. Not. Not not doing the sell off the goods just to get rid of them type deal. So let me or ask go you: get you, a guy a rental like? Are Sox you more on like, gone to me? That's off the table. 
Are you like more that on type the center? Of player, that number two player. Are you more of the center or the wing camp? Because I think, you know, guard is not really. Yeah, I'm more of a, like, to me, to me, either way, I do think they need a big, uh, they need a rim protector. Uh, yeah, I, I'd probably lean center, but, you know, just, but if, if you can get a wing, they're just so valuable that, like, I don't know what wings will be out there. Because they're just so valuable, so if you find Royce one, O'Neal that, that hit a couple, Royce O'Neal hit a couple threes tonight. Dorian yeah, Finney-Smith is on Brooklyn's roster. You know they're yeah. You know wings. if you there are wings. What's Jeremy Grant doing? Where, where is he? <laughs> that is that is no, a pricey do, deal. That is that's an expensive price. one. Yeah, that's an expensive one. But to me, I feel like this should make them say, "Man, let's go do something." And you know, you probably won't win the title, but see how far you can get. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and then use this year to build on next year. That's what I think they got to do. Before I let you go, I gotta, I gotta, I want to hear. Give me a little bit about what it was like in in my collegiate town. ATL with Steph dropping sixty. Was it was it as lit as it looked on? TV? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a crowd that like isn't that into their home team. They do show up at games uh, and have a great time. You got the barbershop up there. You got the kind of like that courtside like lounge area. Celebrities, especially like kind of the more local Atlanta celebrity scene. Lindsay Lohan, who I'm sure you saw, was like right next to Raymond Ritter, like on the Warriors bench side, and like Steph with like gave, I think gave her and her husband his jersey post game um but like the crowd were like they enjoyed when trey young hit a 30 footer but they also were enjoying when steph curry hit a 30 footer so it was almost one of those uh i don't know what you like neutral site like just there to see highlights right the highlight factory it used to be called there um so it was fun it was a good time basically how the words used to be yeah yeah the kind of crept up i felt like um and then obviously that, that huge fourth, it was, but they lost, you know, and it was weird. It was kind of, kind of added to that whole league wise storyline where three players who've scored 60 in the last like two weeks have lost game, like all three lost. Um, I don't know. Weird, but it was a good. Time. Really... Yeah. All right. Enjoy New York, sir. All right. All right. Uh, we will talk probably post deadline. I think we're going to do a, a big uh, plus minus post deadline. So we will talk to y'all then. All right, fellas.